What is good, y'all? It's your boy Biggie S'mores back at you with another episode of the Biggie S'mores Show. As always, hit me up on my social media. My handle is at Biggie S'mores. That's at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S-M-O-R-E-S. And you can hit me up on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. You can also email me. BiggieSmores at gmail.com The email does not have an underscore in it though So just remember that The email is just B-I-G-G-I-E S-M-O-R-E-S So don't forget that Now After going back through And playing back my last episode I like to do that after every episode I like to um, Go through and give it a listen I realized That I left out one of my biggest influences and one of the biggest influences on the Air Force One I did not mention Rashid Wallace's name one time so in honor of that and to hopefully make up for that and hopefully Rashid will forgive me um, we're going to do a special segment this is kind of an extra pod since it took so long for me to get that last one up. So, but we're going to chronicle Rashid Wallace a little bit. Chronicle his life, go through some, you know, some of his Air Forces, um, bring up some stats, a couple records that he holds, things like that. I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, as everybody knows, Rasheed Wallace is one of my favorite players of all time. He's like top four favorites for me personally. So I think, like I said, I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. So guys, my man, Rasheed Wallace, my favorite piston ever. That's just me. Um, when you consider where, not where, but when I grew up, Sheed was the guy that I based my game around. He had the attitude. Man, I just, everything about Rashid Wallace I've always loved. He ain't scared to tell you how he feels, he ain't scared to tell you what he's thinking, you know. Like you said, Rashid was just... Rashid's like one of my top four favorite players ever. Let alone just Pistons. So, and like, I don't mean that as any disrespect to like Isaiah or Joe D or any of them from the Bad Boys era. It's just, it's where I grew up. Um, other than Bill Lambeer, I don't like Bill Lambeer. I ain't scared to say it. Tell him I said it. But, other than, like I said, other than Lambeer, like, I got a ton of love for all those, for all the guys in the bad boy era, Dennis Rodman, you know, but to me, Rasheed Wallace will always be my favorite Piston, man. Ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. As he's stepping out to knock down a three-pointer in your face after just getting some bullshit foul called on him. Man, if the Pistons had that type of attitude today, like if that's who Draymond was, or I'm sorry, if that's who Andre was today, it'd be completely different. But, actually, that's the reason why I like having uh, Marcus Morris, man. Marcus Morris always had that attitude. Was it Marcus or Markeith? No, I think it was Marcus that played for the Pistons. Oh, no, I'll have to fact-check that later. Or hit me up at Biggie Smores. Um, But, anyway, the reason why I was so pissed off at myself for leaving Rasheed Wallace out isn't just because of the fact that he's my favorite Piston. A lot of... A lot of it just had to do with 
with how big Philadelphia was with the Air Force One and that being one of the reasons why Rashid always wore it. He wanted to keep a little bit of that street with him while he was on the court because Rashid was always a big, big Philly guy and he caught a lot of flack for it in Detroit. With Detroit being hockey town, he used to always rep his flyer stuff and all that and the Philly stuff and whatnot and he caught a lot of flack for it. But man, that's just Sheed. You ain't gonna change Sheed. Sheed, Sheed's deep in those Philly roots. So, um, so with with all that being said, let's get into it, man. So Rashid Abdul Wallace was born September seventeenth, nineteen seventy four, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He's one of those guys grew up in the inner city streets and everything. He went to Simon Gratz High School. Uh, and he was USA Today's National Player of the or High School Player of the Year his senior season. Um, he had been selected to multiple high school All American teams and whatnot. His senior year, despite playing only nineteen minutes. He averaged 16 points, 15 boards, and 7 blocks in 19 minutes. That's half of a high school game. That's insane. I mean, think about it. If he was playing that whole game, double that right there. Like, that's insane, man. Um, One of my favorite Rashid Wallace facts, though is he was a McDonald's All-American and he was the first guy and if I'm not mistaken he might be the only guy that was ever ejected from the McDonald's All-American game just just she'd be in she'd man um after high school Rashid went to the University of North Carolina alongside Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, they made a Final Four appearance, 94, 95? It was 95. I just found it in my notes here. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, actually I was listening to, I think it was the Marty Smith podcast, Marty Smith's America, Go listen to that if you want to get a chance. Marty Smith is a great, great journalist, TV personality, podcast expert. He had the radio show with uh, Marty and McGee, you know. Anyway, let's not get on to that. But anyway, Jerry Stackhouse was on that, and I was listening to that. And Stackhouse had said that in his tenure at North Carolina... They never lost to Duke. They never lost that rivalry. I mean, that's that's nuts, if you ask me. That is nuts. But, anyway, uh, she'd balled out at North Carolina. He was, uh, came out after his, what would have been his sophomore season. Came out in the NBA draft. He was drafted fifth over, fourth overall by the Washington Bullets, who later became the Wizards. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he he was the fourth overall pick. Um, and he played on he played on that team with Tim Legler, Chris Weber, uh, Ben Wallace was actually on that team too. Um. And he actually he played in sixty five games, started fifty one of them because Chris Weber got injured. He was selected for the All Rookie Team, played on the Rookie Team uh, during All Star Weekend. Um, did pretty decent. He put up ten points. Uh, ten points. F- f- Four point seven rebounds and 1.3 assists his rookie year which is pretty solid for rookie coming into the league I mean it's not 
it's not anything explosive. It ain't LeBron James or Michael Jordan or nothing, but, I mean, still pretty impressive. Um, he actually ended up breaking his thumb and didn't return the rest of that year. Um, and then in between his rookie and sophomore seasons... He was traded to the Portland Trailblazers in a deal along with Michael Mitchell Butler for Rod Strickland and Harvey Grant. Um, and in Portland is where Rashid really came into his own. He was there for... eight seasons... And, like I said, that's where he really came into his own. He was always up, uh, ranked high in the league with a with very high field goal percentage, which meant something a little bit different than it does in today's NBA game. The field goal percentages used to be super high for the big dudes, you know, Shaq was always like Shaq was always like leading the league. Yeah, I swear it would be like sixty-eight, sixty-nine percent field goal percentage. Um, but that's because I mean these dudes are dunking. You know, the dudes are always playing down by the post. They're getting kind of the easy, easier essay with quotation shots, and. It was, like I said, it was, it was a different stat back then than what it is now. Um, but he balled out again, you know. He, he went from the 10.1 points to 15 points a game. His, his rebounds went up to 6.8. His assists stayed about the same. His blocks went up to to actually averaging one a game. I mean, he's do he was doing good, um, and then he broke his thumb again. Missed another month of the season or so, and um, and things kind of fell apart a little bit. He did. Uh, in the next season, he was kind of where some of those off-court troubles came in. Gotten arrested. Um, that's when the text really started coming up. Um, but he had signed a long-term contract with the Trailblazers. Um, he had started doing more stuff in the communities. And he he was Rashid, man. That's <laughs> That's about all I can say, man. He was Rashid. Uh, it was 90, 98, 99. He set... Or no, actually, 99-2000. He set the record for technical fouls in a season with 38. And then proceeded to actually break his own record in the next season with 40. Um... Now, we all know about those great playoff series, kind of playoff rivalries they had with the Lakers, um, the Kings. Like, they were all kind of, they were those powers out west at that time. Um, and probably the most notable game that they had was a game seven in the, I believe it was the Eastern Conference Finals with the Lakers where they blew a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter to lose that game. Um, and then I just want to touch back on Sheed's technicals, though. Now, granted, I didn't follow Rashid as much before he came to Detroit, and I'll begrudgingly admit that I wasn't a big fan of the Rashid Wallace trade before it happened, but 
Don't judge me, man. I was like 13 at the time. I didn't know anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, Sheed's, Sheed was a guy that played with a lot of heart, played with a lot of hustle. Um, he was a guy that didn't take no flack from nobody. He was a ball player, man. And he got into it a little bit, you know. It is what it is. Um, but overall, those technicals and stuff don't really mean a thing when you worked as hard as he did. And I, I really do believe that. So, let's fast forward to 2004 here. It was on February 9th, 2004, the Portland Trail Blazers um, sent Rashid Wesley Pearson Oh, I'm sorry. So it was February 9, 2004, where the Portland Trailblazers traded Rashid along with, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, Wesley Pearson. Motherfuck, let's just fucking redo it again. So it was February 9, 2004, where Portland sent Rashid and Wesley Pearson to the Atlanta Hawks. For Sharif Abdul Rahim, Theo Ratliff, and Dan DeGau? I think that's how you say his last name. I'm not positive. Um, he actually only played one game for the Hawks. And in that game, he dropped 20, had six boards and five blocks, two assists and a steal. That's a, that's a decent game right there. So the Hawks should be happy they got one game out of him. But he didn't play in the fourth. Uh, Wallace was then traded from the Hawks to the Pistons in a super complicated deal that I'm going to try and tell you the details of, but it gets confusing. <laughs> so it was a three-team deal, which is what makes it so confusing. So... Rashid went to Detroit along with Hawks guard Mike, Mike James from the Celtics. Um, and then Detroit sent Chucky Adkins, Lindsey Hunter, and a first rounder to Boston. And then Bob Sura, Big Z, who I can't remember how you pronounce his name. Um, and a first rounder to Atlanta, and then Boston also sent Chris Mills to Atlanta. So, this is the trade that was going to change Detroit's history. But with that being said, let's take a quick break here so I can talk about some of my friends. So I just want to take a minute here and tell you guys about our first sponsor, MidwesternGentleman.com. This is a group of guys out of Detroit that are all about that Great Lakes good life. Whether it's diving into the Detroit hip-hop scene, profiling up-and-coming distilleries, or just sharing stories of artists throughout the Great Lakes area, MidwesternGentleman.com brings it to life. Um, these guys are great dudes. You know, this is a small podcast, so it's not like when you listen to ESPN or like the Bill Simmons show and they go, oh, here's a word from our friends at blah, blah, blah. You know, like I actually know these dudes. Like I met these dudes, uh, good, good dudes, um, like I said, go check out the website, MidwesternGentleman.com. Search for them on 
whatever your favorite social media platform is. Follow them. They got a lot, a lot of really dope stuff. And it just kind of... It just kind of exposes what it's, you know, uh, what it's like to kind of grow up in the Great Lakes area, like, and what life is really like. I mean, they do everything from fishing and outdoor stuff to hanging out up in the barber shops to drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. It's a little bit of everything, and it's what makes the Great Lakes so great. So, go visit Midwestern Gentlemen and live the Great Lakes good life. Alright, so we're back. Rashida's in Detroit now, wearing that Detroit red, white, and blue. Before the Pistons got him, they were 34 and 23. They were definitely going places already as it was. But they needed something else. Uh, Rashid was that spark for them. And after they acquired Rashid, they went 20-5. and five. Um, Rashid averaged tw- uh, 13-7. 13.7 boards and two blocks for the rest of 04. Um, actually, he wound up playing six seasons in Detroit, and that was about his averages. It was 13 and 7. And the whole time Sheed was there, they never missed the playoffs. Um, as I said, Rashid was really that big catalyst. That ended up getting them to the 2004 championship. A lot of people want to talk about how if the Pistons would have drafted Carmelo Anthony, they would have had they would have been so much better off and had more. Uh, um, they would have had more championships and all this and that. I don't buy into that, based off the simple fact that. Larry Brown wasn't big into playing rookies. Um, the other big, big thing that I don't think people understand is the fact that if they would have brought in Carmelo, Tayshon wouldn't have had as much playing time. Therefore, Tayshon wouldn't have had the confidence that he had, and he wouldn't have developed it into the player that he did for the Pistons. So... Should they have drafted somebody else instead of Darko? Probably. But seriously, if you go back and look at like all the draft reviews and all the breakdowns of players and stuff, like um, Darko's right up there. Like literally, he would the, that was the top three consensus. Nobody was thinking to jump up. Um, nobody, nobody would have thought to grab Wade or Bosch at that point. So I feel like those arguments are invalid. Um, or at least a wash. Um, so, anyway, get, getting back to 04, they went in, well, first off, 04 was a kind of rough road to the playoffs, I guess you could say. Um, it was pretty clear that Indiana was the best team that year. Um, and if it wasn't for that infamous Tayshawn chase down block on Reggie Miller, chances are they would have been going into the finals and not the Pistons. Just how it was, though. Um, anyway, the Pistons went into that 2004 finals against the Lakers team that was stacked. 
stacked to the gills, man. Um, actually, I was, I was actually watching Game Five where the Pistons clinched it um, with my buddy not that long ago, and it was just like it was. It, for one thing, it's amazing to see the the change in basketball in just the last fifteen years. You know, there's a lot more posting up big guy action and a lot less shooting. Um, which, like you said, is really surprising. But anyway, yeah, the Pistons went in with to what was at that point, as far as I know at least, the biggest, um, they were the biggest underdogs. The line was LA minus 550. Um, so in other words, if he, it, it would take you betting $550 on the Lakers for you to win $100. Um, flip side, if you pay, if you placed $100 down on the Pistons, you would win 400 And like I said, that was, as far as I know, that was the biggest de- deficit up until what... I don't recall what year it was. It was one of these Warriors teams here in the last four years that were minus a thousand. They were either minus a thousand or minus two thousand. It was something insane like that. But anyway, um, Sheed stepped up big in that final series. He was he was really that difference maker. Because Ben was you know, Ben was able to play Shaq really, really physical. But at the same time, Sheed was able to come over and double when he needed to. Plus, Sheed was able to take care of his man at the same time. Um, and yes, had Carl Malone been really healthy, that may have been a different series. I'll, I'll admit that, but it is what it is, man. I mean, think about it. That Lakers team, not only do you have Kobe and Shaq, but you have some great role players with Derek Fisher. You got some older greats with Gary and, like I just mentioned, Carl Malone. You got that handsome, handsome man, Rick Fox. Um, I mean... There's no way Detroit should have won that series. And if it wasn't for all the turmoil that was going on in the Lakers locker room, there's no way they would have. But once again, it is what it is. I'm going to take it. It was one of the single greatest nights of my life. <laughs> I remember just the the feeling of that night was incredible. Um, other than the Red Wings, which I don't really have a huge connection to it's the only time I've seen one of my teams win the championship so it was really really cool um you had little 13 year old Andy so geeked up that we just won the NBA championship and actually I remember (laughs) this is a really dumb thing but I remember after game five, after everything was kind of done, and you know, it's probably like midnight at this point, I go in my room. I have NBA ballers in the PS2. And I remember I was like, the Pistons one man. I'm going to buy that Isaiah Thomas jersey in the game so my dude can wear it. <laughs> um. Like, and actually, I remember thinking, you know, it's, obviously, I was thinking this way at the time, but I remember when Dallas won in, what was that, 2011, being like, there's some young kid in Texas that right now is feeling the exact same way I felt in 04. Obviously not knowing that we weren't going to get another championship in that run. 
knowing that you know, uh, not knowing that we were going to have these great teams, but never actually get another championship in that run. And to just to just know that there was some kid out there that that felt that type of way the way I did was. I thought, you know, that was something that I thought was really, really cool. But, um, little fun fact from that NBA Finals is the Pistons were the first team that ever took the middle three games at home in that 2-3-2 format. So, they changed it back. It's been quite a few years now, but it used to be he used to play two home games. It, it used to be the team with the better record had the first two home games. Then you'd go on the road to the other team for the middle three. Then games six and seven would then be played with the team with the better record. Like I said, they ended up changing that back quite a few years ago now, but. Uh, the Detroit Pistons were the first team to take those three middle games at home and win them all. Um, and then actually Miami ended up doing it the next year too. But that's a little bit different. Um, so the Pistons won the championship in 04. Shocked the world. Nobody's really expecting it. Once again, we go into 2005 with, as Pistons fans, we have high expectations. But here's the thing. Once again, those Indiana Pacers are a much, much better team than what the Pistons were. That is until about three weeks into the year, November 19th, 2004. A day that will live in infamy. Uh, Malice at the Palace. Um, she didn't have a whole lot to do in there other than trying to break some break some things up and whatnot. Um, thankfully, he wasn't out there throwing haymakers at nobody. Or nothing. But it's still a very integral part in this story because if it's not for that and those suspicions that resulted the barn sale that the Pacers um, then proceeded to have after this and trading tons of people away for basically nothing and the Pacers still had a solid playoff team. Um, but anyway, if it wasn't for all that, I don't know if the Pistons would have had the best record in the East that year. I don't know. Um, also that year, Rashid had changed his number from 30 to 36 uh, to honor his late brother who died when he was 36 years old. Um, and then that year, the Pistons had a really tough Eastern Conference Championship matchup with Miami. Um, uh, Miami had gotten Shaq. They also had a young Dwayne Wade at this point. And, and... They were they were a really good team, and the Pistons won in six, I believe. Might want to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure they won in six. And then the NBA Finals, Pistons and San Antonio Spurs, the matchup that nobody wanted to see. I know, two teams with really good defense. Um. Basically, San Antonio San Antonio won the first two games of that series. Detroit won games three and four. 
Game five was super, super pivotal. There's, I didn't look this stat up, but I do know that a ridiculous amount of time, if that series is tied 2-2, the team that wins game five wins the series. So game five is super, super important for them. And we're at the end of the game. Rashid. It's a, it's a tough one for me to go over. Rashid's got Robert Horry on the inbounds pass. He inbounds it into Manu Ginobili. Rashid was told not to leave Robert Horry open. We all know what Robert Horry does when he is left open. What does Rashid do? Leaves Robert Horry to go double team Manu. Manu passes out of that double team, hits Horry, Horry knocks down the three. Basically, game over. <sighs> that game five was rough on. 14-year-old Andy. That game five was rough. I cried. Oh, I cried. But the Pistons did come back. One game six. Then lost in game seven. And that is still one of the toughest losses that I've seen. That I've had to go through and experience. I love my Pistons, but man, that one was a tough loss. There's another night I cried. Um. So then, the next year, the Pistons had kind of taken note that. Look, man. We don't have home court advantage. If we don't have home court advantage, this becomes so much harder. So they come out of the gate just running hot. I think they lost like one game that November. They won like their they won like fifteen or sixteen to start the damn season out. Um, they ended up going sixty four eighteen best record in the NBA. Home court advantage throughout. Perfect for him. They had four All-Stars. Um, Chauncey, Rip, Big Ben, and Sheed all made the All-Star game. Tayshawn kind of got snubbed, and I don't care what anybody says. Um, just a really, really good year. And then playoff time comes. LeBron took the Pistons to seven games in that second round. Um, and then they came to match up against Miami again. And Miami won that series in six. Miami pretty much dominated that series from top to bottom. This is like Dwayne Wade's. It's probably Dwayne Wade's straight up peak. It's the year that the Heat won the championship. I mean, Dwayne Wade is getting every single call, no matter what. Just every single call. You know, it was pretty impressive. Um, anyway, after that season, Ben Wallace leaves. The Pistons sign Nazi Muhammad. Yeah, Nazi Muhammad to kind of fill in for Sheed, or I'm sorry, for Big Ben. Mm, doesn't go the best, but the they did all right. We'll just put it that way. 
Um, they said they ended up signing Chris Weber in about mid January after Philly had waived him, and Sheen and Weber were actually a pretty good combo. They actually they they really were. They ended up finishing fifty three and twenty nine. Um, and. I remember this year pretty well, and it was it was actually a pretty fun year. I myself, because uh, one of the things a lot of people don't know is Chris Weber is an amazing passing big man. So it was a joy to watch Chris Weber pass the rock to dudes from the block and whatnot. Um, but then. The highlight of this year comes on March 26th. Pistons are playing the Nuggets in the Palace. Um, basically, they're down by three. This game's pretty much over. There's like one, like a, I want to say it was 1.5 seconds left in the game. The only hope that the Pistons have is to knock down a this uh, Denver inbounds pass and get a quick shot up. Tayshawn's guarding the inbounder and he manages to tip the ball straight to Rashid. Rashid lofts up a 60-footer that banks right in to head to overtime. I mean, I, one of my favorite plays. I mean, it was just awesome. And watching it live, and the excitement I had. I mean, it was awesome. I remember like yelling in my room, and my parents like, "What? What? What happened? What happened?" And you know, just explaining to them that's a basketball game and that everything's okay. Um, and actually, she tried to claim that he banked it, which I backed him 100% on. I said, I swear, I saw it on his lips. I swear, I saw it on his lips that she called bank on it. And then Rashid blows his cover later on the next day and tells everybody that he didn't call. And makes me look like a fool, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that one. Um, Pistons ended up winning that game. I had to look it up there. It was 113 to 109 in overtime. Um, this is the year Detroit ends up losing to Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals because of LeBron's Game 5 performance where he had 48 points and scored something like the last 25 straight for Cleveland. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was not, not a fun game. I remember being very, very, very frustrated after that game. Very, 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 very frustrated after that game. 2007, 2008, there's no more C-Web. Um, so what the Pistons end up doing is starting Antonio McDice at the four spot, moving Sheed over to the five. Sheed... They do pretty well. He ends up going to the All-Star game again. Um, not a whole lot of big highlights from that year other than those big matchups they had with the Celtics and whatnot. Because this was the year the Celtics got their big three. I guess kind of the original big three. Paul Pierce, um, Ray Allen, KG... Rondo, Eddie House was on that team. Just a whole bunch of guys. Um, the one I hated that team. I absolutely hated that team. But but the one thing was Eddie House was always so happy to cheer and clap for his teammates. It it was almost inspiring to me. That's, that's that's the one takeaway I take from those damn Celtics teams. 
Um, they ended up losing to the Celtics in six that year. And that was the last year that that core group was together because 2008-2009, right at the beginning of the season, they traded Chauncey for Allen Iverson. Um, things never really mesh. For one thing, Michael Curry was the coach, and Michael Curry was not a good coach in any way. Um, they ended up going 39-43 and 43 and backing into the playoffs with the 8th seed in which they would get swept. Okay, so 2009-2010. Rashid and Detroit part ways. Sheed goes to Boston, the dreaded rival. Which made it really, really hard for me to root for him. Even though, I mean, the Pistons were terrible. Um, that Boston team winds up losing to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. Um, she ended up having to start Game 7 because Kendrick Perkins was hurt. I, th- I want to say he only scored like 11 points and he was like 5 5 for 11 from the field, I believe his stat line was something like that. And that was his last season until, okay, so he retired for one season, really. Came back in 2012, played for the Knicks that year, ended up breaking his foot, managed to make it back onto the court in time to play the final game of the year where... He does all right, but still decides he is going to retire. Um, he ended up coming back to Detroit and being one of the assistant coaches for... Who was the Pistons coach then? Who was the Pistons coach before, before SVG? I don't even remember now. That was bad. Anyway, he ends up being an assistant coach in Detroit, but when Sam Van Gundy took over, Sheed was never hired back. Um, so that's the that's the gist of his playing career. As far as when it comes to the Air Force Ones, I mean, that dude always, always had heat. From, I mean, the thing, the thing with Sheed's Shoes too was a, a lot of them were just you know pretty basic just clean colorways, you know the the classic black and white that everybody knows, where it's basically all black except for the swoosh in the midsole. Um, and his little Rashid guy. Um. Even like the white and blue jay ones with the pistons, there was the white and blue jay, and then they had white and red ones as well. Then he had numerous other color combinations for the pistons. Some of his Celtic ones are pretty dope with me being a, a Michigan State guy. I like to get my hands on some of those because I can go with my state stuff. Um. And then everybody knows that he had a bunch of Knicks peas the one year he was there. And I mean, they're not bad. It's just, I'm not much of a, I'm not really a Knicks colors kind of guy. I like my navy and orange, but not really that kind of royal blue and orange. It just, it doesn't really mesh for me. All in all, though, like I had said earlier, is... Rashid did come with quite a bit of quote-unquote baggage. Um, Very, very, very extremely passionate player that never once had a problem putting it all out on the floor for you. But at the same time, he wasn't going to take no shit from nobody. And his mouth managed to get himself in a lot of trouble. Um... 
But, like I said, he's still one of my favorite basketball players ever. It's top four for me, personally. Um, if you guys want to know my top four, just ask, man. Just ask, I'll tell you. But you gotta ask. I ain't just gonna give it to you now. You gotta ask. Um, the one thing that I didn't mention yet that I definitely need to is the classic Rashid Wallace phrase ball don't lie so as we all know you know Rashid Rashid never actually fouled anybody um that was all the refs Rashid never fouled anybody but when he would have one of those questionable calls it almost always seemed like that first free throw was going to be a miss. And that's where she had started yelling, ball don't lie. Um, that is definitely one of the biggest things that came out of Rashid Wallace's career. And he had an excellent career. And I honestly hope he is able to get into the Hall of Fame one day. I don't think he ever actually will, but I would love to see him there. So, can we start that campaign? I mean, it's been five years. Can we start that campaign? Can we say Rashid Walls for Hall of Fame? I think that's what we need to do next. Because everybody has a need. A need for Sheed. So, that's it for this episode, y'all. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. I really genuinely hope that you like the episode and that you like this little trip down memory lane for me. That you like the history of one of my top four favorite players ever. Like I said, if you really want to know a top four, man, just ask. Just ask. Anyway, um, going, going through this brought back a lot for me because, um, as I stated before on the podcast, growing up, there wasn't a ton of confidence there a ton of self-worth I guess you could say and that team was always a focus and center a lot of things in my life um I have always loved the game of basketball from the time that I was eight years old I always loved the game of basketball. Um, what was my junior year in high school, so it would have been the 07-08 season. Things had kind of changed, and I can't explain fully why. I don't necessarily know. Um, I think basketball... Basketball was always my joy. It was kind of my escape. It was a lot of things, man. When I was in high school, I could rattle off stats like it was nothing. Um, so these Pistons teams meant so much to me. Um, but the junior year, my oldest brother passed away. And I used that season to kind of cover up a lot of what I was feeling and after that I never really had the same love for it and I wasn't quite as passionate um like I said I I, I have no explanation for that my brother it's not like me and him sat down and watched basketball. Me and him were um, immensely different people. 
Um, he wasn't really a sports guy at all. Um, he was more into tinkering with his hands. He loved radio control cars, things like that. But anyway, bringing this back now, that that trip down memory lane just kind of it kind of brought that back for me you know it it, it kind of brought that um that feeling of that passion and going back through all that I mean literally from 0304 until my senior year so, 0809. If a Pistons game was on TV, I didn't miss it. Because it was that big part of my life. So, for 82 nights a year, plus playoffs, that was the biggest thing in the world to me. And in a lot of ways, I missed that. You know, obviously, you know, we grow and we change and stuff. And now, you know, I'm 28 with a wife and two kids. And there's a lot of other things that, you know, take that spot. Um, knowing that you can't... Knowing that you never want to take life for granted and that everything can change in a moment. You know, it's a lot more of the things with the kids than it is any sport or anything like that but doing this was a lot of fun going back through it you know it kind of brought me because I visualize you know stuff like how Rashid was always having fun on that bench I think about things like that so for me personally this was an awesome episode to do. I know it took me a while, and I know we might have to make a transition to just doing this episode bi-weekly and not me trying to do it weekly just because I don't always have the time. Um, for one thing, it's hard for me to record with the kids, and then I don't always want to stay up so late because i got to be up with the kids. And I work second shift, so I don't get done till 11 o'clock at night. But, anyway, I'm throwing way too much baggage out there right now, guys. Um, well, the other thing that I want to mention, though, is my Chicago Bears whooped all over the best team in the NFL. Those Los Angeles Rams. Our defense dominated them. Could you imagine how the game would have went if Mitch wasn't overthrowing everybody and throwing three picks? I mean, damn. But I just had to throw that in there. Anyway, next week we'll probably get back to a little bit more about shoes. But I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for supporting me. I want to once again thank the fellows over at Midwestern Gentlemen. Go check out the website, MidwesternGentlemen.com. Literally anything, anything about that Great Lakes good life, man. Anything about that Great Lakes life growing up in here, just living in this area. Check it out, man. It's those guys are great. They do great articles. They do. Um, their Spotify playlist is one of the best. Um, those guys really, really know what they're talking about, and they really, really have a passion for it. So please go check out the website. That's MidwesternGentlemen.com. And like I said, a huge thank you to everybody that's listening everybody that has listened please continue to listen share with your friends let your friends know about this crazy sneaker guy 
um, like I said, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can hit me up on my social media, as always, at Biggie S'mores, at B-I-G-G-I-E underscore S-M-O-R-E-S. And you can also email me. It's at BiggieSmores at gmail.com. The Gmail doesn't have a underscore though so it's just b-i-g-g-i-e-s-m-o-r-e-s so once again i cannot say it enough thank you for listening you guys take care if i don't get to y'all before christmas have a merry christmas happy holidays happy new year happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa happy whatever you celebrate peace much love to you